Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. You're very welcome back. Tom, I'm with you. News Talk 106. I thought you were going straight into the fantastic sting. They saw you were an adult sting. There is none. Still none. I'm very disappointed with that. <laughs> I can't believe a slot as popular as this hasn't got its own sting at this point. I, I, I'm just stunned. Stunned. So, um, anyway, you're welcome back to the slot that has no sting, so you think you're an adult. As always, Declan Buckley is here to give us his worldly advice. And this week, Irish Carol joins as well. Irish, how are you today? Lovely. I'm really well, and it's lovely to be back. Lovely, lovely to see to you. Back, Both yeah. looking very healthy and... Fresh know, and... Fresh. Yes, yes. Yeah, particularly fresh. tanned. And were you away? Oh, I think Irish has a bit of a tan as well. She's telling me she has a lovely tan from Donegal. Donegal. I was in Donegal last week when the weather was just stunning. absolutely so where would you be? Took a road trip. You could be anywhere. Could be, everybody's walking around saying the same. Where would you get it? Yeah. <laughs> where there's sun. Where there's sun, actually. Because anywhere in Ireland, I mean, really, any it coastline is. in Ireland, there is nothing to touch it because it's so uncommercialised. You can't get an ice cream, can't get a cup of coffee, <laughs> can't find a loo. Or an Aperol Spritz. I wonder why there aren't but more people. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get the sunshine, oh yes, my God, it is true. fantastic. It and makes it was just all so the difference. It is great. Yeah. Well, it's a very positive start. It's been, <laughs> See, no sting in this <laughs> show. Who needs a sting? <laughs> we have a positivity. <laughs> so I'll go straight in for our first question. This poor listener needs our help. Uh, and if you, by the way, if you have further questions, 53106 is the text number. Uh, a listener says, I recently got engaged to the absolute love of my life. We had been together for five years and he popped the question to me last month. I love this man so much, so please don't judge me for what I'm about to say. Two years ago, my fiancé damaged his teeth during a hurling match, resulting in his front tooth turning black. I don't think of myself as a particularly shallow person, but I'd be lying if I said I'm not worried about our wedding photographs. Would it be mean of me to ask him to have some dental work done to restore his beautiful smile before our big day? A lot in there, isn't it? Well, I actually think, look, go and ask him to have his den- to have the truth you know uh, restored because I don't think it's an unreasonable request he didn't I mean she's been with him five years and the, the accident happened two years ago yeah so it hasn't really bothered her until he popped the question <laughs> but at the same time a wedding day is a very special day and I'm sure if she puts it to him nicely would he consider having his truth done because if the shoe was on the other foot would he like her to do something like that so yeah just right, go straight in, just straight say it to Straight in, him. don't mess about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I think that she phrased her question really well in that she's yeah. saying, you know, she knows it sounds like it's a shallow kind of thing to be talking about the aesthetics, about the person that you love. But this is a, this is a wedding picture. The options are, now let, let's, let's look okay. at this. Is it only about the wedding picture? Because if it is, you know... There is a thing called Photoshop. You can get an old, you know, that's brush true. in there, you know, and yeah. your picture sorted. But it's, it's, you know, that's yeah. fine and good. You could get that done. Everybody would know, you know, so, which <laughs> yeah. means that they'd start looking at her as well to see how much of an L tweak she got as well. Yeah. So maybe she doesn't want that. Because so, <laughs> we can all do with our skin being kind of, you know, evened yeah. out in, in post-production. A little bit thinner. <laughs> but I, I think, look, I, I think it's like, it isn't unreasonable to say, you know, yeah, you're too dumb. How like do you it. do, though? Is it that not going to be a hard know. conversation? I don't know. How do you I bring up not. that topic look, before I haven't go. seen a dentist in 40 years. I don't know how I it's know. done. I've been to the dentist recently so and I'm actually I. going back again next week. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. See, I, I, how badly damn I mean, the fact that it's discoloured. Yeah. So I don't know whether he's he's better off losing the truth anyway. 
It sounds like the tooth will be gone. To me, it sounds like the tooth is gone. Yeah. Or, just, or I think it might, it might just be that the, the, the nerves just, or whatever it is that's feeding the thing just are dead. Yeah. But, you know. but Just a crown. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Stop I mean, I what crown you're there. saying. I really do. You know, crown or an implant. But I just A lot feel of money. Could be. That's, that is also, that is something that's worth thinking about. Is, it, is the idea of some kind of a physical intervention and the, the cost that that would um, involve more important than other places where that money could go well, and that's, that's that's on that hierarchy of what you yes, want out of your life yeah. and if it's up near the top and some people's top choices are particularly kind of shallow and kind yeah. of aesthetic they're not and photoshopping for instance that well, wouldn't be yeah you know it's like no difference same thing. and a wedding picture is all you know she's going to have to look at that picture on her mantelpiece for the rest of her life he has to get the tooth done black tooth I mean realistically come on he really does have to have the tooth fixed and for him he'll get his tooth fixed and I mean maybe he'll Listen, it's if, be- it's if the cost is prohibitive and, and it means it has a huge impact on the size of wedding they have or where they hold our wedding, that might change her mind. Exactly. For instance, she may have to have a marquee instead of a hotel, right? And 10 yeah. people instead of 100. Now, that might change her mind. Yeah. Yeah. Dental work isn't I that expensive. You, I love your black tooth and all, right? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's the tooth for? I mean, I, I, if you ever try to do a, a fake photograph where you, you put a bit of gla- black gaff tape over your yes. front teeth, yes. that's what these photographs are going to be like if I know careful. it is you know so, you, you should try it but, now. like but, I said it's not only about the photograph because if it was only about the photograph you, you know if a bit of photoshop isn't that difficult to do you can make anybody's wedding picture have yeah. like you know the sparkle uh, that fair, you want I think it is only about the photograph because she she clearly says here that he is the love of her life and she's been going out with him for five they've been together five years and it's only recently he actually asked her to get married so I actually think yeah it is only about the photo and that's why she's even bringing in that yeah. Word. I hope you don't judge me. I'm not really yeah. a shallow person, yeah, yeah, agree, but yeah. it's just kind of her wish list, and I and I and I understand that. I really do understand it. it. You just get you know so explore the the, the tooth yeah. fixing you, scenario. Thank me in years to come, but <laughs> yeah. if you had your tooth done before the <laughs> yeah. photographs, yeah. mummy, why does Daddy have no teeth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, your children, your yeah, grandchildren will look back on these Absolutely. photographs. What say, were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you say it to him, mummy? You know, so say it is the bottom line there. Yeah. Uh, if she pays for the dental work, then why not say it? All right. Absolutely. God, that's escalated now. He probably fixed tooth eventually. And you regret the bad tooth and the forever photographs or just don't smile with an open mouth I think some people aren't that bothered by, the, by their physical appearance anyway and, and so maybe he hasn't got to the point where he sees it as being a, an urgent thing but if he's going to get it done getting it done now when now he's younger rather than much yeah. later yeah, is, yeah. it's just a no brainer obviously she didn't have a thing about it either until the wedding came yeah, up she's thinking about like, you know, again yeah. two years ago she hasn't said oh you have to get that tooth seen to immediately or, or I'm out the door or I'm out the door <laughs> you know what I mean and uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I love the way she phrased it. Yeah, me too. And right. uh, so I'm going, go girl. Go girl. Get right. your tooth done, mate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on to number two now. And uh, odour in the office is the, yeah, yes. Oh, yes. I started working in the office again full time after working from home for over two years. I work in a really small office with a tiny window. There are six of us crammed into this room. With that bit of context, let me explain my dilemma. One of my colleagues has a really bad issue with body odour. It's honestly unbearable working eight hours a day in this tiny space and contending with this smell. I don't know what to do because the girl is so nice. It's a girl, huh? Um, I don't want to cause her humiliation by bringing it up to management. Wow. But I can't go on working like this. What should I do? 
This is a very awkward situation because it's not just the interpersonal side of it that you know where you where you're trying to confront an awkward social situation with somebody that you just met or somebody you you're interacting with. You're doing so inside the workplace, which brings with it a whole load of other kind of dangers and and and. Um, kind of limitations to what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, um, and that's that's where the management role comes into play. I mean, it really is there. Um, it, if if the behaviour or the activity or the odour of a of a, fe- a fellow colleague is is impacting other people in the office, it's not really something that you can safely, unless you're really close, unless you're actually good friends. Absolutely. It's not something that you can approach Listen, without you know, causing difficulty. Yeah. So I think from my point of view, I go, this is always a really da- dodgy, dodgy one because it's your opinion about how somebody else smells versus, you know, it, there's no kind of de facto kind of you, you can get tested and you're, yeah, you come up positive for a stink. So it's not, so it's not really that, you know, it is your own personal opinion. So therefore, it's going to be fraught with kind of a- a- emotional stuff. So I, my view is... If somebody else agrees with you that this is a problem, then maybe it is something you, you talk to management about. If you can talk to the person about it in an indirect way and you can approach it very kind of sensitively, maybe that might be something you could do as well. But I, I think in an office place, that could end up exploding back onto you in a really yeah. negative way. So you're you saying see, go to management? Then yeah. You really, right, okay. Well, you see, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, I have worked in an environment where somebody beside me, sat right beside me, had a body, pro- body odour problem. And and I mean bad. It is and female as well. Mm. And I thought, how how do you how do you handle how do how do I say it to her? And I didn't right because other people noticed it as well. Because when it came to I was working as a telephonist at the time, mm-hmm. and so when it came to somebody else sitting beside her, they'd be, you know, yeah. Oh God, that's bad. Now she had a medical condition. Sure. Right. So management did take it on board. They did actually say, look, we'll have to yeah. very quietly and very delicately, not, you know, it doesn't have to be a committee meeting. You know, somebody takes her aside and says, I'm, I've no doubt you are aware mm. that you have an odour problem. Sure. Is it is it medical? Right. Because you can actually get some medication to help. But mm. I mean, it may not be her fault. So it's a very, very it's a really difficult one to go one. for, which is why I'm saying like, unless mm. you're actually good pals with the person sitting beside you to say, yep. I can't put this call through because you're putting me off. You know, it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> I mean, she said, she, you know, she she worked with her and and. She's a really yeah, nice person, nice girl, so yeah. she must know her reasonably yeah. well even to make that statement. So it's about having the confidence, I suppose, and the words. How do you say something like that to somebody? Is humor a little? No, you know, I think you what perfume are you using? I'd change it yeah. if I was you. I mean, it's humor. It's, it's but the problem with that is, is that if it's taken in the wrong way, you can then be reported to management right. or some kind of like bullying Absolutely. or Absolutely. or whatever it is. And that's what I meant. That is, that's the fraud thing. Because in, in, in a normal, outside of the workplace, social way, you can just handle it whatever way is comfortable for you. And yeah. for me, it definitely would be humour. Mm. But for other people, it's like, you know, they only want to hear facts. They don't want to hear opinions. And they want to go... Yeah. It's, it's really difficult. I think that's yeah. why I think the safest place... It seems to be both leaning towards management. I mean, well, you see, you I think it is, yeah, route. because otherwise it could be taken as a personal dig. Yeah, yeah. Um, and management, you know, 
really should be handling this kind of thing. They're going to be able to know themselves, hopefully, how many other people in the office are, are bothered by it. And if if it's only one person, then then it's the one person would have to just And also it up. from the management's point of view of speaking to their employee, it's part of, of the development of that person. If they're not aware of it mm. or if they want to progress within the organisation, it, it is part of the whole thing. It Absolutely. is that, it is that thing know. about, you know, mm-hmm. we know about this, let's, let's kind of find a way yeah. to help you sort yeah. this out. Yeah. And did you get the problem solved? Did, did, we did, did get it solved, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the girl was very. Um, I mean, she didn't speak to me about it. Yeah. Right. She didn't speak to anybody about it. But I obviously got feedback and said, yeah. "Look, that thing has been handled. Mm-hmm. It is a medical problem." Sure. Um, and she's gone back to her doctors, and hopefully oh, that will be resolved. So, um, and you can ask for no more than that. Right. And and then after that, I didn't, you know, I mean, if I sat beside her, I sat beside her. And if there was a smell, there was a smell and you lived with it. Right. But I didn't have to sit beside her for eight hours. OK. And that was the difference. So you, you both, both very sensibly saying management. Um, I'll just throw one bit of humour into this because some Go of the listeners obviously <laughs> want we to know. Because it's a very buy, buy a small plant for her desk. And if the plant dies, then she might get the hint. <laughs> That's cruel. That is cruel. Well, go to management. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's from Ed. Good man, Ed. Thanks, Ed. Yes. (laughs) Uh, On to our next one. So, um, I was brought up in a very religious household, a staunch household, some would say. Once I went to college and started getting more independent, I found my religion began to fall away, surprisingly easily, actually. However, when I would return home, I would engage again with it, uh, just to have when I was growing up. Rosaries, morning mass, weekends, regular confessions I'm out of the house nine years now and I find um, when I go home I need to keep up this pretense I lie to my parents about my lifestyle as I know they wouldn't really approve I know if I tell my parents the truth that religion doesn't really mean that much to me anymore then it would really hurt them and so I desperately don't want to do that I don't want to let them down but I feel they don't know the real me I'm the only daughter of seven children and I feel that they hold me to a different standard to my brothers how do I let them into my world without shattering theirs that's a hard one for you now that's a very very hard one because we're all Irish Catholics I don't know I'm assuming Ah, we're all all being brought up in a very Catholic um, upbringing I have probably more so than your because I'm a lot older than you. So I can remember the days where, you know, it was very much rosaries in the morning and rosaries in the evening and mass every, you know, every other day um, if you can make it. But obviously Sundays and holy days and all that kind of thing. So I actually kind of really felt for her. But at the same time, I think the giveaway for me was I'm their only daughter of seven children and they hold me to a different standard. And I go, Why? Does that mean your brothers are okay? They don't Mm. go to mass as often as they should. I really think she has to kind of woman up and actually approach her parents and say, without hurting them, that religion isn't as, not so much as, isn't as important to her because I know it's important that she keeps them on side. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't hurt them. But that she doesn't do the rituals as much as she used to. She doesn't need to. Um, It doesn't lessen her faith or her belief. And that when she's home, she does it out of respect for her parents. End of. Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you think, Dagger? Well, I, I agree. I agree with Eilish that um, many of us were brought up, you know, with a different perspective than the one we'd have now. Yes. And, you know, I definitely was a, more of a ch- church going person when I was seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. <laughs> for, they kicked yeah. you out. For, for, first Fridays, they were I my left. main thing. They said if you did nine First Fridays, you couldn't go to hell. So <laughs> yeah. I did nine okay, First well Fridays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then why are we in hell now? <laughs> um, yeah, but. All jokes aside, people have, you know, they do have genuine convictions about about their beliefs. But I don't think it is fair or acceptable when those beliefs are are foisted onto other people, regardless of whether they're their children or not. Right. And, and most of us as adults, when we were younger, had to push back at some of the rules that our parents had or some of the opinions they had. Mm-hmm whether it was about where they wanted me to go to school or whether, you know, they thought it was a good idea that you became a rock and roll star, Tom, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, you, these opinions that they have, that's just them being adults, that's just them having their opinions and their worldview is their worldview. Your own worldview is never going to match. So it doesn't matter whether it's about whether you believe in the Virgin Mary or whether you believe in yeah. astrology or whether you believe in anything. You know, it, that's not relevant. What's relevant is that you're just trying to be your own individual person yeah. and that's always going to clash against the person that your parents kind of want or expected you to be. Okay. Um, and in this instance, I think, you know, w- pretending to be somebody that you're not is, and I really relate to that, like, you know, y- you want your parents to be proud of you, you want yeah. your parents to 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 feel that they did a good job in bringing Absolutely. you up. Absolutely, but you don't want to be leading an inauthentic life. So, from this per- person's point of view, I think it's just this is a slow burner. Yeah. This is yes, by all means, do that. I'll show up and I'll go to Christmas mass and I'll do this at the weekends and all that. People have done that for generations in this country going yeah. off to mass while not really feeling the, the, the vibe you know yeah. they're there in body but not in spirit yeah. if I can yeah. use uh-huh. the terminology um, and so from that point of view I think yeah just go along with it but like don't take it too seriously if it's not real to you don't take it seriously Yeah, it's yeah. letting them know though isn't it it's just I saying think a little something to them I think this is her problem she, she feels yeah. that she's not being honest to them and I think yeah. she can be honest to them and not necessarily disrespect them so by saying look I am I, I don't need the rituals anymore um, I'm really happy with the way I, you know, uh, live my life and the faith that I have. Yes. Um, and that's a simple thing. It's a kind of personal thing. With it's me not now. a personal thing. And when I come home, what I've been doing is I have been attending Mass and, and doing the rosaries and so on and yeah. so forth out of respect for you guys. Really has been out of respect for you because I love you. Yeah. I think from this person's point of view, though, is they're, they're afraid that they're parents have some kind of um, ironclad you yeah. know truth on their side when in fact you know even within religion, religion people disagree with each other like the, mm-hmm. the news Absolutely. the other day that the right. Irish Catholics mm-hmm. have a different opinion than what the Vatican has, has and all that kind of stuff so I think from that point of view she, she just being honest isn't as terrifying as maybe what no. she's building it up yeah. to be. Exactly. Have exactly. a quiet word, Bessie. Yeah. I really want, want to get this one in because oh, I, I think please, someone yeah. needs a bit of a, a, a red Legged. card shown to her. Um, five months ago, I shared a kiss with a man who I've known for years in a pub. He has a girlfriend and I knew about it and we were both very drunk and all of our inhibitions went out the window. I've never had so much remorse and regret for something that I've done in my life. I can't believe I allowed myself to do that and potentially ruin his relationship. He told me that night that he wanted to be with me and he has wanted to be with me for a very long time and I believe him. <laughs> 
stop laughing. Sorry, Since we're the... really feeling so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I've read enough. Since that night, however, every time I see him in our local pub, he avoids me. Oh, and we no. haven't spoken since. Shocker. The other day I was scrolling through Facebook and up pops a tagged picture of him and his girlfriend standing in front of the Eiffel Tower. The caption was, I said yes. I feel so confused and conflicted. Do you think I should tell his fiance what happened? Absolutely no way. No. What you do is you send them a nice card congratulating them on yes. their engagement and they hope they live happily ever after. I mean, she's a contradiction in terms. Yeah. She yeah. felt really bad about the fact that she never felt such remorse having kissed this guy right? Yeah. that she had known for five years. Admittedly, they're both drunk. He tells her he wants to be with her. Of course he does, because he wants more <laughs> than the kiss, right? Who's going to tell you anything? So, and it didn't, obviously no. didn't happen. You haven't seen him then, and then suddenly, when you do see him, he ignores you. That's the, that's the alarm bells, girl. He didn't mean what he said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now you're about to spoil this woman's happiness. Exactly. No, no. sorry. No. Out of order. A lot of life lessons, a lot of harsh life lessons there that one night. Tell her like he said, the news said there's no sting in this show. <laughs> so, look, I think, I think there's a little bit of self-delusion going on with this letter here. I think that, you know, this, this sensation of like remorse and regret is actually, you know, feeling a little bit marginalised from this, what this guy is actually doing. She's slowly coming to the realisation that he didn't mean a word he said. <laughs> She's and that's why rejection. she's confused yeah. and, yeah. and she's yeah. feeling a bit rejected. Just get over it. Move on. Don't even say, you know, the card thing is a nice gesture. I think, I think it's a yeah. lovely gesture. Yeah. Yeah. That make you feel like you're above yeah. the whole thing. And, and also, when, when, he sees, when, he, <laughs> when he sees the postcard phone, yeah. the, the letterbox, sees who it's from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, there's a bit of comedy. Turn and dress on it. <laughs> yeah. Let me read this. Let me read this first. <laughs> Genius. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, God. Yes, I think well, that's that a great was idea. one little uh, night out that you'll never forget. <laughs> um, that, that I said yes photograph for the after. I'm sure I've seen that on Twitter. So really? I think I might even know this. <laughs> I, I think getting engaged at the Eiffel Tower isn't exactly like a. Do you know, know that doesn't narrow it down? Does it? Shade, really, yeah, it doesn't really. Doesn't, doesn't narrow it down. It does really. No. <laughs> You're so right. Uh, <laughs> Well, if that's the case (laughs) and they're listening, she knows now anyway. (laughs) All right, uh, Declan, thank you very much indeed. Irish, it's an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for joining us, Declan Buckley and Irish Carl in the Sting Free. So you think we're in that (laughs) one? Definitely coming up next is the death of the dining room. Definitely. (laughs)